Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Max Denning, who's the CEO and director of Tungsten West, who are restarting the world-class Hemmerden Tungsten Tin deposit located in South Devon, which is in the UK. Um, They were incorporated in 2019 as a special purpose vehicle to purchase the Hemmerden project um, out of receivership. Uh, Max has over 10 years in the mining sector, mainly in the commercial finance management consultancy and project delivery um, areas. Um, He was previously the GM of commercial finance for Pan American Minerals, um, and now he's in the hot seat at Tungsten Ware. So it'd be good to see um, and good to hear how things have moved forward since the operation obviously was taken over from Wolf Minerals, um, whom I was actually heavily involved in recruiting a number of roles um, back a few years ago. So um, let's get straight into this, and that's welcome, Max, to the podcast. How are you doing, Max? Yeah, good, Rob. How are you getting on? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good in sunny Kent. Um, <laughs> obviously, recording this today. So um, appreciate if you can uh, give the audience a little bit of uh, background about yourself, about your career um, up until sort of present day. Yeah, yeah thanks for that. Um, yeah, so as you said already, uh, I have got 10 years in the mining sector, um, studied uh, economics and politics at uni, then did a master's in accounting and financial management. Um, initially started out in uh, banking for the mining sector, corporate finance, then moved into industry uh, where I spent roughly five to six years developing assets predominantly in West Africa um, from manganese, iron ore, uranium, um, and also a quick line project in uh, Mali. Um, thereafter, I uh, did some consulting work for a tungsten asset in South America, um, which is how I got to know the tungsten industry so well. Um, and obviously following uh, the Hemmerden story very closely, being you know a, an asset of what is a very significant size uh, in the tungsten world. Okay, and obviously you 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 recently joined um, Tungsten West. So I just wondered if you can give us or the audience an overview of the journey, obviously from of Tungsten West, which obviously has been going for for two years now. Um, so obviously from when you joined to sort of present day. Yes. Yeah, so we um, a couple of colleagues of mine founded Tungsten West. Uh, so I'm the founding director. Uh, founded in uh, early to mid 2019 with the sole purpose of uh, buying um, the Hemmerden Tungsten Tin Mine out of receivership. Um, it took us about six to eight months to do technical and legal DD on the asset uh, to look in, into whether we wanted to buy it out of receivership. Uh, we made that decision back in November 2019, uh, bought the asset, um, and then progressed with uh, a bunch of metallurgical test work. Um, pilot plant work, going back to first base principles and looking at the mineralogy of the ore body, et cetera, et cetera. Um, going back into the processing plant, understanding what was what was fit for purpose and what wasn't. Um, and that culminated essentially in, in a year, year long's work, uh, which was then consolidated into a bankable feasibility study, which was published 
uh, about uh, March 2021. Okay, so what was, I suppose, what, first question, what is the main reason why you bought it? What was, I suppose, the catalyst as to why, obviously, doing your due diligence, what made you think, yeah, this is something we really want to buy and obviously move forward with? Yeah, this is a very good question. Um, we had um, some strong contacts in specifically in um, in metallurgy, um, who have got a, a strong focus on uh, tungsten and tin uh, metallurgy, which is a very specific sector. Um, and we had a couple of hunches as to how we could economically produce the tungsten tin out of Hemmerden uh, in a slightly different way. Uh, to what is already there on site, which is purely just a gravity um, concentrator circuit. Um, and that kind of took two forms. Uh, the first form was uh, looking into X-ray transmission ore sorting as a method of pre-concentrating the ore before sending it to the gravity concentrator circuit. Uh, so we focused a lot on, on that topic um, and the results derived from that were spectacular. Um, which meant, you know, to a certain extent that we saw a very viable route to successfully rebuilding and restarting um, uh, the Hemmerden deposit. The, the second um, hunch we had, so to speak, um, was looking at using uh, wet high intensity magnetic separation as a, as a form of concentrator um, alongside the fine gravity circuit at Hemmerden. Um, I think it's been quite well publicized that, that the ore body at Hemmerden uh, in the early years um, under the previous operator had an issue with overgeneration of fines. Um, and fines, you know, if you overgenerate fines in a gravity separation plant, it's that much more difficult to recover your paying minerals, in this case, your tungsten tin minerals. And we looked at magnetic separation as a, an additional form of, of recovery um, alongside the fine gravity circuit at Hemmerden. Um, and you might ask yourself why that is. Um, it's purely because on the basis that uh, the predominant mineral at Hemmerden is not actually wolframite. Um, it's something called ferberite, which is iron tungsten oxide, and therefore it's paramagnetic. Um, and magnets, conversely to fine gravity plants, work extremely well on, um, on minerals when they're of, of very fine grain and size. Um, so we looked at utilizing this technology as well. It's used in, in iron ore, um, projects. It's also used in mineral science projects, so it's quite quite well known. Um, and this technology worked incredibly well initially, and then we did some pilot plant work on it, and there were still a couple of question question marks around it. So we're not necessarily going ahead with using magnetic separation initially, um, but we're going to certainly pilot it at the site and just carry on utilising the existing fine gravity plant that's there already. Yeah. Um, so what were some of the main challenges you faced in then taking over an asset that obviously was probably in care and maintenance at that particular time. Yeah, I think um, so. So two, two, two key issues, I guess. The first one being that there was a high cost of, of care and maintenance associated with the site, and so you know having to raise a significant amount of money on essentially what was a hunch. Um, you know, it was a hunch as to understanding uh, what techniques we can use to economically recover the minerals at Hemmerden. Um, and paying the care maintenance costs and raising the money for that was, um, you know, one of the bigger challenges. I think the second one, though, most notably is just the reputation that the asset had within the market. 
um, given how it sort of spectacularly fell over and taking quite a bit of time to change the market's view on the deposit um, so that it's actually you know viewed in a very positive way um, and that has taken you know, the best part of now two years um, but I do believe now the market views this, this ore body and, and this deposit and everything we're doing at Hemmerden under the Tungsten West banner in a much more positive light. Yes, certainly. Um, it's been reported that you intend to list uh, Tungsten West on the AIM later this year. Um, many investors will be familiar, obviously, with Hemmerden, um, as you've obviously just mentioned, um, from when it was obviously under the previous ownership of Wolf Minerals. Um, what went wrong before and how mm. how will you as the management team be fixing um, what was obviously done previously? Yeah. Um, so at, at a high level, there was not enough work done prior to the development of the project as it sits today. Um, there was not enough analysis done on the complexities, the geometallurgy, as well as the process engineering uh, at site. Um, and that basically meant that a processing plant was built that, you know, to a certain extent had some fundamental issues with it. Um, and those kind of re were represented in two different ways. The first one was um, poor plant availability. Simply the plant just wasn't on that much of the time. And of course, if your plant's not running, you're not producing. Um, and the second issue was uh, to do with recovery. Um, the plant was not able to recover the tungsten and tin minerals to the extent that they were expecting it to. And that was an issue associated with some poor plant design, as well as, as I previously explained, the, the geometallurgical complexities associated with what is the upper portion of the ore body, which um, thankfully has been actually mined out by the previous operator. Um, so that issue of poor plant availability associated then with um, poor recoveries meant that the operation previously was only producing roughly a third of the amount of tungsten and tin that they're forecasting. And of course, that's the difference between um, profit and loss for, for many operations. Um, to add to the to those two issues, there was a sort of third third one as a byproduct of the first two, and that was the offtake agreements that was signed up to. So you know, standard take or pay offtakes, you've got to produce and deliver the tonnages that you sign up to. Um, ultimately, Wolf Minerals didn't do that. Plus, they were... Um, they signed up to specify, uh, concentrate specifications that they couldn't achieve. Um, and that culminated in essentially a 15% discount um, to uh, the sales price than what they should have been expecting. So it's kind of, to a certain extent, you know, the perfect storm. Um, you know, a lot of lessons have been learned now. Um, we're able now to go in there, now at the plants on care and maintenance and actually make the fundamental changes to the plant that are required. Um, solving the plant availability issue with the processing plant that's turned on is incredibly difficult to solve. Now that it's off, we can actually take our time and change the pieces of equipment out, which were the biggest offenders of plant downtime, as well as increasing surge and stockpiling capacity within the circuit. So if one area falls over, you know, at least you can keep the other part running. Um, the, qu the query on recoveries, um, is one where you know there's some minor upgrades required to parts of the circuit um but nothing super onerous uh, for us as a business and then of course finally um the offtake agreements you know those those fell away uh, during the receivership process and when they were now able to walk in there and 
and negotiate and agree offtake agreements that are suitable for Hemadin uh, and the deposit here. Um, so we're not only just going in there and fixing though the, um, the, the issues under the previous operation, and as I previously explained, we're kind of now supersizing the, uh, the uh, processing plant and the project here by the installation of, of X-ray transmission or sorting this super exciting um, technology that uses X-rays and lasers to scan rocks very coarsely and reject a lot of the uh, a lot of the barren material that doesn't contain any of the tungsten tin and therefore deliver downstream into the processing plant um, a higher grade lower tonnage ore um, which is much easier to uh, process yeah i mean it's that sounds sort of very exciting um so what's the sort of process and timeline for implementing those changes um, and what do you expect to expect to uh, the mining to start production yeah, so, so we're in the advanced stages of an IPO, um, and that IPO is essentially being done in order to raise the money to restart, uh, rebuild and restart the, uh, the, uh, the project here. Um, it's not a significant capital expenditure programme, given what we're doing, which is fundamentally changing out the front end of the processing plant and uh, adding uh, X-ray transmission or sorting to the circuit. Um, and therefore, the cost isn't super high, and, and neither is the time frame required um, uh, to, to rebuild that, that area of the processing plant. So, you know, from, from achieving full project finance, it's going to be about a nine month rebuild time with then about three months of, of commissioning. So, you know, one, one expects to be in, in production, if not full production, by the back end of next year at the very, very least. Okay. And how has the sort of local community and local councils um, reacted to obviously what's gone on over the over the last few years, obviously, uh, when what obviously what happened back in 2018, 19, and then suddenly, obviously, you've come in now, um, and obviously ha having to probably change people's perceptions. How 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 have the local community and even the local councils and and governments in that area how they responded to you? Yeah. So. Before we even looked at, well, as we were looking at buying the project, one of the first things we did was go in and sit with the Mineral Planning Authority, um, as well as the Environment Agency, and go through all the potential risks and issues associated with the previous operation and, and how to remedy them. And we were given very clear instructions, but also a lot of support from, from the two key regulators there. Um, so we have a very strong working relationship with the Mineral Planning Authority and the Environment Agency and, and going through and solving some of the previous issues associated with the, with the last operation. Um, with regards to uh, the local community, um, you know, I have monthly calls directly with um, key stakeholders uh, as part of the, the local parish council. Um, and I also try and sit on the, uh, the, the, the monthly parish council meetings. Um, so we do have a strong dialogue with the local community. You're always going to have um, a few naysayers here and there, and, and that's to be expected. But you know, we listen to their concerns, and and we and we have mature conversations with with the uh, local community to try and um, solve some of those issues in, in a workable way. Yeah, I know there was, from memory, there was noise um, interruptions and noise um, that was that was a bit of an issue with. Not, I, I'm not sure necessarily whether it's just people that are pretty local, um, but just in the surrounding areas. Has that been resolved at all? Yes, so that issue was with regards to low frequency noise. 
um, low frequency noise essentially was emitted from uh, some of the screens within the processing plant. Um, a phenomenon that is quite rare in the mining industry, you know, obviously screening material is something that happens in most, uh, at most mine sites. Um, for some reason at this project, um, uh, the screens installed were generating a, a low frequency noise issue that did travel very far and did affect the local community. Uh, and this was the key issue that we had to resolve and, and indeed we have resolved going forward. So, so how have we resolved it? Uh, one, the actual screens are being removed altogether. Um, we're installing much smaller screens from uh, a very, very reputable screen manufacturer um, uh, uh, who's internationally recognized in, in the mining sector. Um, but then also fundamentally, because we're installing this, this all sorting technology, the amount of material we're actually going to be screening is a lot less. Um, so the actual size of your screen is smaller, less material being screened. Um, but we didn't just stop there. We actually then undertook a significant test work program last summer um, to look at ways of mitigating against low frequency noise with some of the pre-existing screens on site. And that culminated in a very exciting, um, uh, uh, some very exciting conclusions uh, in terms of enabling the screens to either breathe, uh, utilizing counter noise against the screens. So we've got several tools in our shed to mitigate against this issue. And, you know, the dialogue we've had to date with key stakeholders has been very, very positive with regards to how we're going to solve it. So that's, yeah. that's really good. Yeah, no, yeah, that's good to hear. Um, tungsten is obviously becoming a, a key strategic metal. Um, how important is the commodity and where would you see it in the, the actual supply chain? Um, and have you seen a lot of support from the UK government for the project? As I know they're looking to invest in, in obviously the Cornwall and Devon area, um, especially obviously in, in various commodities. So I wondered how they're, um, how, what, what their approach is to, to, to you guys. Yeah, so I'll, I'll answer the, the, the question on Tungsten and then obviously the government support the yeah. second one. Um, so I think what was it, 2017 or 2018, Rio Tinto published the technology metals of the future graph and you know, number one was tin um, and in number seven was tungsten. Um, I think we all kind of know what's happened to tin recently, you know, above $30,000 a tonne, um, you know, supply tightening with demand increasing uh, uh, month by month. Um, and, and tungsten, you know, whilst it's got different applications to tin, it, it kind of follows that sort of technology metals theme. Um, tungsten fundamentally, though, is, is an enabling metal. You know, you don't have any many industries at all without tungsten. And you might ask yourself why, why that is, because tungsten ultimately is one of the hardest um, and has one of the highest melting point metals on the periodic table and, and doesn't have a substitute. Um, so if you want to drill something, if you want to cut something, if you want to go to space, if you want to build a wind turbine, if you want to have EV charging stations, you need tungsten for, for all those great properties that it has. Um, and therefore its application base is incredibly wide um, to the extent that you can't really point one, one use case for tungsten. It's, it, 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 it's incredibly wide in, in its applications. Um, and therefore what one tends to look at is just tungsten following um, GDP growth. Uh, in terms of demand. Um, with any quality though, I always think, you know, you might have a positive view on qualities, you might have a, a negative view at some points in time, and you know, given our life of mine, we're going to be around here for a while. And, and what is the most important thing with that? 
it's to ensure that your project and operation is actually operating on the lowest cash quartile within the quantity that you're producing. And in the case of Hemmed and Tungsten West, um, you know, we are very much in the lowest cash quartile, um, fundamentally because of the, 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 the economics around X-ray transmission ore sorting, um, as well as the byproducts that we're producing here at Hemmed and one being tin and the other one being aggregates. Um, in terms of government support, um, you know, we haven't, us, us as a company hasn't, haven't necessarily received the same government support as, as other outfits in the Southwest, but that might be a case of, of us kind of chasing private institutional money a bit harder than, than the rest. Um, and to the extent that, you know, there is a bit of a story behind Hemogen and, you know, appeasing that with, with the central government might take a bit longer than we'd so, so hope for. Um, but, you know, we are part of, for example, the Critical Minerals Association, uh, which enables us to, to, to have strong dialogue and communications with central government at a time when, you know, the UK is very much looking at their own supply chains and understanding, you know, where they're going to source all of these critical metals um, for the green and technological revolution that's kind of taking place at the moment, which is exciting. And, and we as the Brits should be excited about looking at restarting, reopening mines in, in, in the UK. Yeah, no, certainly. Um, you obviously mentioned that you may be looking to uh, obviously list on the AIM. Um, yeah. Why should investors ultimately look to invest in uh, Tungsten West? Yeah, so so look, I mean, you had 200 million quid uh, spent on the project under the previous operation. Um, they couldn't quite get it to work. However, they did make money the last couple of weeks of production. Um, we have gone back in. We've got a very low cap, um, very low investment in order to rebuild and restart the project with significant uh, returns, um, very quick payback on capital. Um, so the fundamentals of, of the project are, are pretty strong. I think as well the story of you know the little guy coming in and 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 kind of going against the grain in terms of having belief in an asset when the capital market certainly didn't, and you know very reputable mine finance outfits weren't able to make it work. I think that sort of story resonates quite strongly with, with um, the UK retail market. Um, so from that perspective, beyond the economics, I think the story is very compelling as well. Yeah, certainly. Um, and as a sort of conclusion, what's the outlook for the next 12 to sort of 18 months? Yes. Yeah, so, look, you know, we're in the advanced stages of an IPO, uh, that will form part of the project finance piece. Uh, the cash will be utilised to rebuild and restart Hemmerden. Uh, and then we'll be in cash flow by the back end of next year. Um, you know, with other projects down in the southwest, all doing exploration work. You know, we've got some regional exploration targets by, uh, uh, within our, our site. Um, so, you know, very exciting times, to be honest, uh, to look at rebuilding and restarting what is a, a, a world-class asset. Yeah, no, certainly. And I'll certainly be, uh, be um, keeping my eyes uh on your development as well, having been involved oh, in uh, the previous previous uh, people that were running it. Um, so yeah, I'd be keen to see how how things go and how develop how how it develops, um, and yeah. especially with mining in the southeast, uh, sorry, southwest in 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 the Cornwall region, mm. um, which seems to be a, there's a lot there has been a lot of emphasis more recently in that area. So um, as as a sort of a flagship operation in that area. Um, it's good to see how how things will develop. Yeah, look, absolutely. I think 
all the all the things going on in the southwest is incredibly exciting and, and we as brits should be incredibly excited by that you know we've been mining in the southwest for over four thousand years um you know fine we had a bit of a hiccup over the last three four decades or so but you know ultimately the ore is there this is a world-class mineral region you know let's actually do some proper um, exploration on it to see what else we can find there and, and use these critical minerals to rebuild, restart um, the uh, kind of green technological revolution that's taking place across the world. Yeah. Um, Max, really appreciate your time, uh, taking the time to do this uh, podcast and, and for me, our audience of the exciting things that Tungsten West are looking to, uh, looking to achieve. If any of our audience wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions and want to find out more about the uh, about the project how can they go about doing that yeah just go onto our website click contact us um and fill in the forms and uh their queries will be dealt with yeah and are you it's on any social okay and are you on any social media platforms at all yeah we're on linkedin that's where we're most active um we've also got a twitter account um but we kind of need to start posting a bit more material on there maybe this will go on there as well so uh, fingers crossed yeah, no, it's, uh, it certainly will do. And, and obviously, um, we'll include those in the show notes, companies, podcast, um, And audience, appreciate you listening to this. And again, especially those in the UK, please share this amongst friends and family within the UK, um, even if people are not in mining, um, just to get them understand what, what is happening in the UK in the mining industry because it is sort of forgotten about. So I appreciate if you can share this podcast um, and episode, whether it's on the YouTube or whether it's the podcast uh, recording that you're listening to. Appreciate if you can pass it to, um, to friends and family. Those listening around the world, as normal, appreciate uh, your support. Um, and if you can like and share it amongst other people within the mining industry, that's really appreciated. Uh, Max, like again, really, really appreciate your time in, uh, in um, telling us a little bit more about Tungsten West um, and look forward to uh, what ha- what's happening in the future with you guys. Perfect. Thanks, Rob. All the best. Yeah. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.